Welcome inside this Battle of Ontario Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators, alongside Mikey DiStefano from Locked On Leafs, taking you through the week that was in the Eastern Conference. There's plenty to get into from risers and fallers to playoff predictions going right out the window with some teams striving and other teams trying to get themselves out of a little funk. So we'll get into all that, plus TSN lead scout and friend of both of ours, Craig Button, came out with his updated NHL-affiliated prospects. So we're going to get into all that. And news and notes, of course, we got to talk about Timmy and Gallagher. we got to talk about Austin Matthews chasing down unbelievable goal records and a whole lot more. This is the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Tuesday, April 12th. We're free and available wherever you download your podcast, including on YouTube. You can subscribe to the show there. You can also subscribe to Locked On Leafs, where you can hear Mikey Stefano Monday through Friday. I'm on Locked On Senators. And Mikey, it must be fun doing your show right now. Down the stretch run, Austin Matthews in this past week broke the franchise record of goals in a season, and he did it with 13 games to go. Yeah, what he, this guy's been doing is absolutely insane. And, you know, he popped in a couple more goals after that and, and ended up setting a 50-50, and 50, uh, which is something that hadn't been done since Mario Lemieux did it back in 1996. So now we're literally seeing, like, generational once-in-a-lifetime – well, not once-in-a-lifetime, I suppose, but generational stuff out of this guy, um, stuff that not even Ovechkin was able to do in his time in the NHL. So it's fantastic. It's a lot to a lot of fun to watch. The team is rolling right now, and um, there's just a lot to root for, a lot to cheer for. So it's been it's been a good times over at uh, over at Lockdown Leafs uh, with with Leafs Nation. Not so sure if it's been quite the same with uh, with the boys up in Ottawa, with they're having not much to play for at this moment. But I tell you, man, the, the Maple Leafs they're starting to. They really are starting to change people's minds, I think. What do you what do you believe? I mean, you're you're a guy, you know, you're an Ottawa born and bred kid. You lived in the city of Toronto for a couple of years though, and now you're out in Winnipeg. So you kind of have the full scope of what the people think of the Toronto Maple Leafs. What are your thoughts? Is this a team that's uh that that you think is a real deal holy field this season, or is this just false hope once again? I think it's wake me up after game seven of the first round. There's no question this team's electric offensively, but what's the stat goals per game drop by almost two going into playoffs. So it's how you can tighten up defensively. And then I look at the move they made specifically, I guess it was two players coming in. You can't have enough depth forwards and Colin Blackwell brings that, but getting Mark Giordano has certainly from what I've seen as an outsider really helped stabilize the back end. He's playing with Lilgren, isn't he? For the most part. They're kind of shaking up the lineup at this point tonight, actually, in the game against the Buffalo Sabres, where Owen Powers could be making his NHL debut as well. Nice Uh, tease, top prospects. Yes, exactly. Uh, So we'll talk a lot more Owen Power in just a moment here. But, uh, no, he's going to be playing with Ilya Labushkin, the other guy that you can't forget who came over. And and he's been a a real solid piece. I mean, once the playoffs comes down, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Riley Labushkin as that top pair in Toronto. It may shock a lot of people, but they've 
put those guys together as of late and they've gotten some pretty positive results. So uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of fiddling with the deep pairings right now, figuring out which six make, uh, I guess the best uh, tandems, the best pairs, the best partners, which six work well together, which gel best together. Cause something that the Leafs haven't had in a lot of years, it's depth on the blue line. And those additions, and Mark Giordano's another one uh, of those additions that have made that have certainly helped the depth on the blue line, which is another reason to have hope that this year could be just a little bit different because there's, there's you know, things that have plagued this team in the past, those holes seem to got plugged up a little bit, and depth on the blue line is one of those. Yeah, I think for the most part, you can, you can definitely say that. Now, it comes down to goaltending in the playoffs, and we know yeah. Jack Campbell just missed some more action, not related to the rib injury he had early in the season, though. So I guess that's good that it's not a continuing injury, especially as a goalie. Is it? Is it? Because then that means that now that you got two mm, Yeah, we hope that, that the ribs are, are healed up because that would be tough. You know, just taking a shot from the point or whatever yeah. just looks like a routine play and then having to leave in the middle of a playoff game, God forbid. And, you know, there's probably not a whole lot of confidence in Peter Mrazek. Yeah. I know Calgren's been called up and getting a look, which is a great story, but you really have faith in him with all that's at stake. Kind of would look like Colorado a few years ago where they're going into a conference final game with Andrew Hammond or Michael Hutchinson in goal. Michael Hutchinson might be that guy in, in Toronto. I know, I know that he's somewhere in the depth chart there. So, you know what? We'll see. Time will tell. But as uh, as we're talking about the Leafs and what to expect here, perfect time to pull up the standings. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the Eastern Conference picture. And yes, there is nothing to see beyond Washington. Nowhere close are the New York Islanders. 15 points separate the final playoff spot. So a bit of a snoozer if you like that back nine action, the leaderboard shifting and shimmying. But Go out of the these eight teams. Go to the West it, for that, folks. Go yeah, to the West for that. The Wednesday show will definitely break down that. But uh, not, not here in the East. It's pretty set in stone like it's been since Christmas. So right now, you may as well put these names all in a hat, shake them out to get the playoff matchups. Hey, Mikey, do you see any certainties starting to develop? Uh, I think the, the one certainty that I do have at this point is that Florida's going to win the division and they'll end up with the first seed in the Atlantic. Outside of that, honestly, no, not a single certainty um, that, that I have. I mean, you could say maybe the one thing that you could pencil in would be a, a Florida-Washington series is maybe one that's that's most likely. But Washington's not too far off from Pittsburgh. You know, like they could catch them they've got two games in hand and they could end up they win both those games now all of a sudden you know that's 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 a tie right and washington's a, tie. a team that's won three in a row right now so they're they're, they're bringing up the rear end and and figuring it out now something to keep an eye on because you mentioned it usually the second wild card team you're really in tough against whoever finishes first in the conference but do you not notice that road record for the washington capitals only seven regulation road losses all year so could yeah. they get a little confidence boost from that? A little old school Southeast division rivalry between the Panthers well, and the Caps. I'll tell you, that's very impressive. But if we're talking about a Panthers Caps, I encourage you to look at the home record for the <laughs> Florida Panthers where they only have six losses, which is beats the seven that the Washington Ooh, Capitals have. Math guy. So, One of those losses, an 8-2 loss to the Ottawa Senators, if you're keeping yeah. track at home. Gave up eight goals, and now they've won seven straight. Nine and one in the Claude Giroux era are the Florida Panthers. Just a complete wagon right now going into this. I like your potential matchup with Florida and Washington. I think that would leave 
It's either Tampa or Boston, Mikey, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But are you confident with a four-point lead over Tampa with 10 games remaining that it's going to be home ice game one at Scotiabank Arena? I think so. Uh, coming into it, according to moneypuck.com, the Maple Leafs had a 79% chance to claim second in the division, which would give them home ice. Uh, if they win this game tonight against the Buffalo Sabres, those climbed to 82% odds. And, I mean, when you look at the other two, uh, they're both kind of sputtering a little bit here. Boston was on a roll, but then they kind of lost a couple of games there, and now um, you're a little unsure about if that team is going to be rolling. They're dealing with injuries. Pasternak hasn't played in a couple of games, neither has Hampus Lindholm so that's obviously a big reason for maybe them not being at full force right now in Tampa we talked about this I think last week too how they're kind of you know hitting a bit of a skid here as they coast into the playoffs so either of those two could end up and I think there's what one point separating the two of those uh the two of those teams Tampa and Boston right now yeah so pulling yeah that back up one point same amount of games one point separating the two between Tampa and Boston. So, I mean, it could be either or. It, it could be either one of those two, but I'm confident to say that Toronto, regardless, I believe will end up having a home ice advantage when all said and done. Toronto doesn't have a, a scary match or a scary uh, schedule down the stretch here. They do play, you know, Florida, Tampa, and Boston, but they've also got Buffalo tonight. They've got the Senators. They've got Montreal. They've got Detroit. Like, there's some winnable games to allow them to kind of get themselves up into the 110, 112-point range, and I think that'd be a little bit more difficult for Tampa and Boston to surpass them there. Plus, Toronto kind of does have the advantage in the ROW tiebreaker category on both those guys as well. My personal hope is that we get to see a New York Rangers Boston Bruins playoff matchup that would leave Carolina and Pittsburgh which would be a fun series in Toronto and Tampa Bay we know that the stars shine brightest when it's the postseason so that's why you need to figure out how to make sure your eyes feel great and if you want a little protection for the added sun going in to this playoff season why not check out our friends at Shady Rays? Yes, Raw. Shady Rays, an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners here on the Locked On NHL podcast, head to ShadyRays.com. Use the code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. It's 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. And today's show also brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league news, uh, reviews, including this year's basketball playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the start of the Major League Baseball season, and more. Bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, it's where the game starts. And, uh, you know, there's some interesting uh, bets being tossed out there 
Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there's, uh, you know, some, some, do you think Matthews hit 70? There's some bets out there that you can lay for Matthews. If you think that he can hit seven goals this year. That's I don't know if I'd bet against him at this point, but that is a huge number. Who's the last to score 70? Would be what? Uh, Solani back in 94. In, in bag, baby. Like that. What's that? Back in the peg. Yeah. 76 yeah, goals. Bit. 76 goals there. Uh, that same year, McGilney had 76 goals. I've got yep. it pulled up right now. So 92, 93. That is correct. Three. Oh, no. Almost. Mario Lemieux had 69 that year. So goal scoring season it was back in 92, 93. And Brett Hall had 70 in 91, 92. Um, so there you go. So it, it would be just that. In terms of more recent accomplishments, 65 is the high bar set by Alexander Ovechkin in 2007, 2008. The only other player to get to 60 since the 05-06 lockout and beyond, well, 92-93, would be Steven Stamkos, who got 60 in 2011-2012. So I'll go so far as to tell you that Austin Matthews will score at least three goals in the final 10 games, going out on a limb with that one, Mikey. But 70? I don't know if I can commit to 70 goals. Let's start with 65 to tie Ovechkin from 07-08. I agree with that one. I think 65, and if he does that, there's a good chance he ends up taking away some more hardware than just a rocket, and he's currently yeah. minus 350 right now. Uh, our odds at betonline.net to uh, to win the heart as well. So if he gets to 65, to me, it's locked up. An absolute lock uh, for him to win that heart trophy. So uh, there's still, you know, you can get odds there. It's probably just going to go up, especially if he continues to go on the tear that he's been um, in the last couple of weeks because they just keep going up and up and up. He's separating himself in terms of the odds makers by Vegas' standards and by Ben Online standards. So, you know, maybe you could still get in on the action uh, and get it done before those bets kind of really evaporate as he separates himself and just completely wins the, the record in the like, next week or so. Yeah, not only has he played great, and uh, his next point will be his 100th of the season, first since Doug Gilmore's Toronto Maple Leaf to get to that triple-digit club. But when you also look at Igor Shosturkin, not not playing terrible by any sense, but not matching Matthews toe-to-toe, save-for-save, goal-for-goal. I know it's not the easiest comparison to make, but he's not stealing games like he was at the start of the year. Mikey, before we move on, we want to get to Craig Button's uh, list of top 50 NHL-affiliated prospects. Craig is an absolute beauty and is not scared for his opinion to be different than the majority which i appreciate that about him and he'll stand up for it until he's blue in the face and explain why he sees the game the way he does he's going to be joining locked on senators on friday so if you want to hear more of craig's takes on the top 50 and beyond check him out on friday's locked on senators before we get to that though i did want to tell you about one plan i have at bet online mikey and i want you to hear to think if i'm crazy or not i tweeted it out at ross levitan you can find Mikey at underscore Mikey underscore Canuck. But my plan for the rest of April, I'm putting five units on the Blue Jays in every single game, two units on them to win by more than one, and then one unit for them to win by more than two because their offense is a complete wagon. They were winning. I, I'm three for four so far on the season of them accomplishing that. Like, do you think I'm going to make a substantial amount of money, lose a substantial amount of money, or is it going to be mitigated one way or another? Uh I'm going to go with mitigated because, to be honest, the house never loses, man. I know. You can't outsmart outsmart the house, unfortunately. (laughs) It's tough to do. Well, I'm uh, going to try it. I'm going to track it. So we'll talk in a month. Right as the playoffs are about to start, I'll give everyone an update on this 
ridiculous. It's probably stupid, but they are just so good. I don't see them losing many games. And the ones they win, I think they win big. That's my thought process behind that. Craig Button's thought process is always a big one. It goes through the entire season. And I love how he's not scared to put top 10 picks down in the 20s. He's like, nope, I disagree where, where you have that guy. And I'm going to tell you why. So without further ado, why don't we run through the first five? We'll point everyone to tsn.ca and go check it out there. Uh, he's got Owen Power at number one. Timely, we're discussing this now. Power is set to make his NHL debut tonight, Tuesday, April 12th, against your Toronto Maple Leafs. So Owen Power is at number one. And then Timely for two with me being here. He's got Jake Sanderson, North Dakota defenseman, now signed with Ottawa. He's injured right now. So unlike Power, won't be making his NHL debut soon. Beyond that, Simon Edvinson of the Detroit Red Wings. And then two more recently signed players. Kent Johnson of the Columbus Blue Jackets is in fourth. And Matty Beneers is in fifth. He'll make his debut in Calgary tonight out west. The first goalie on the list is sixth. Jesper Wallstead, crazy, we went 20th overall. Still can't believe that. And I can't believe even more, Mikey, that the Edmonton Oilers traded the pick. They could have just had their goalie. I know, I know. But hey, I mean, there's a goalie. He wasn't the first goalie taken in that draft. True. And a lot of people are quick to point out Iserman's draft record. So if he thinks that, maybe there is something to Especially a Swedish goalie. They're so quick to draft Swedes. I know, I know, I know. Interesting. So what do you think about this top five? And uh, I guess we'll start with this. Is there an egregious miss in the top five? Someone who he has outside of it that you think you need to bang the table and say this guy deserves to be a top five NHL prospect? Um, egregious. I don't know if I could say egregious, but Mason McTavish is somebody who uh, sticks out to be. He did have some NHL experience earlier in the season, and he also went and played at the Olympics and whatnot. Uh, had a pretty good year for Hamilton as well. So he's somebody who, to me, it's a little bit, you know, I, I think he's someone who I thought maybe would be a little bit higher on the list. Uh, mm -hmm. considering he was the, what, the number three overall pick in this past year's draft. And Kent Johnson, who's now ahead of him at, at number four overall in this prospect draft. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's that's what a year development does, right? It kind of changes things up and, and even things out. And, you know, that's what good development does. And, obviously, Michigan, one of the top development developmental programs in all of, of junior hockey, whether you're talking about the CHL or the NCAA, because if you look at the top ten, You've got, what, four Michigan products on this team, including four in the top five. Um, it's it's absolutely incredible here. Three in the top five, rather. Uh, it, it's it's wild what they were able to do. We had Mel Pearson on the show on oh, nice. today, actually. And, you know, he was speaking glowingly about all these players uh, that are going to be making their debuts. And he was speaking specifically about Owen Power. And to me, I think it makes sense that he's at number one, though, to me. Uh, yeah. And what I saw from him at the World Championships last year, uh, the brief showing at the World Juniors before that got canceled, and then uh, what he was able to do also against men at the Olympic Games, and then again throughout the rest of his college season, um, this kid's going to step in, and he's going to be a, a great defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres right off the hop and makes, uh, makes all the sense in the world why he's number one on Craig's list. So Pilsy and I on Locked On Senders, we always have this, this playful segment of getting mad at lists. You know, you always see it. There's always where you would have this guy and beyond. And we can touch if we want later on my tweet the other day. I intentionally omitted McDavid and Drysaddle off the best goal scorers in Canada. I just want to throw a little, a little lure out there. And, oh, my God, some fish were biting.
right. And some, uh, some muskies came on the hook on that one by, I had uh, Austin Matthews, one Kyle Connor, two Josh Norris, three. And I believe I had 95 replies to the, to the message. It was hilarious. Thank you for biting lots of blocks though. Cause lots of people can't take the, the humor for what it is. Very mean replies. Credit to them though, uh, for doing that. Uh, however, I will make the argument. I can't get mad at this list. We said that Owen Power, you know, great player. I just wonder if the skill sets were what they were and Jake Sanderson was six foot six and Owen Power was six foot two, if those don't get flip flopped. I feel like they've kind of gone toe to toe at every level. The NCAA puts out their all, all the American teams and Jake Sanderson was on the first team all American this year and Owen Power was on the second team. Now you can say that he was the draft after him. But with Jake Sanderson being a July birthday, and I believe Owen Powers November, they're only four months separating them in age. So I don't buy the fact that, like Luke Hughes, for example, who's at number 10 here, he's a very late birthday for 2021. So I think it's super impressive for him to be up where he is. Owen Power, one of the older kids from the 2021 draft, Sanderson youngest. So I think that they're pretty close, but it's hard to argue, man, because like you said, we've seen him play against men at the professional level we saw sanderson for one game against canada but he got hurt in that game over at the olympics so i think with the sample size we've seen from owen power it's hard it's hard a not to do it just based on how close they are and then when you add the separating fact that he was a first overall pick like that adds a little shine on to your prospect profile no absolutely i i 100 it does so you're always going to have a little bit more of a leg up on uh, on some of the guys who came below you. I would say once we get out of the top five, though, the one that surprised me the most would be, uh, I'm taking a look now, it was Wyatt Johnston coming in, a center for the Dallas Stars. Uh, but then I saw his stats, 123 points in 66 games. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense why he's considered a top 10 prospect because the guy's just an absolute wagon for the Windsor Spitz this year yeah he certainly is now the, the most surprising name for me if we're looking at maybe who wouldn't be in that because he went 21st overall Wyatt Johnston that, yeah that's pretty well in the 2021 draft not even having more than a year this is like five months after the draft and he's already in Craig's mind boosted his stock I believe Craig had him higher than he went though in the draft rankings I think he had him about 13 or 14 so that could speak to this but man William Eklund, seventh overall pick for the San Jose Sharks. He's got him all the way down at 22nd on this list. Now, yeah. he went back to the SHL after nine games, and he's never going to be a goal first guy. He's more of a playmaking center or might be like Stutzla, where he started on the wing and you see if he ends up transitioning when he gains some strength. But he only had one goal in the Swedish Hockey League all season long. So how much did that affect? In 29 games, one goal. like That's got to be tough on the kid's confidence. And I think that he'll be fine once he gets back here. But it did surprise me that he was that low on this list. He's the only top 10 NHL draft pick who isn't in the top 17. Because Marco Rossi, he's got down at 17 as well. Yeah, that's one... Uh... That was one where I was surprised to have to scroll down a couple of times to get to his name. And yeah. like, keep in mind at the draft, that was considered not a steal, but like a good value pick at number seven overall for yeah. William, William Eklund for San Jose. And now you're looking, it's like, huh, I, maybe the scouts were right on that one by by taking some other guys um, above him. Uh, a couple, I mean, just some names that do stick out to me also just from a you know Maple Leaf standpoint. 
I know Topi Nimala moving in. He's just ahead of Eklund uh, at 21st. And Matthew Nyes, who the Maple Leafs have a full-court press on currently to try and sign this guy out of college. It sounds like he is leaning towards sticking around for one more year at Minnesota. But for him to go from being uh, a pick in the 50s up to the 27th-ranked prospect in all of hockey, uh, it, it you know is speaks well to you know the Maple Leafs and the way that they've been able to you know, seek value in the in the drafts, both he and Niemela, second and third round picks, and are now considered top 30 prospects overall. Um, I think is pretty, uh, pretty good. A little feather in the cap for Kyle Dubas and his scouting staff. Yeah, 100%. And of course, we met, we wish the best for health of Rodian Amirov, who's diagnosed yeah. with uh, cancer. Otherwise, he'd find his way onto this top 50 talent wise. So just from a strictly hockey standpoint, because that prospect is now on the shelf for at least the next little while. He hopes to make a full recovery, just like Oscar Lindblom was able to do different situations. But obviously we're thinking of him. But to have a prospect step up from later on in the draft, like that, that's a huge boost to a prospect pool. And you know you're going to be up against the cap almost every year. Or almost, what a ridiculous thing for me to say. Year. You have to have guys playing on their entry-level contracts and playing well. So for the full list, go check them out at tsn.ca. It's Craig Button, a good friend of both Mikey and mine, we can speak to how good of a guy he is as much as you can get mad at his list, as I'm sure a lot of Sharks fans, among others, will be doing in this year's edition. All right, now let's give you a quick word before we move on to the risers and fallers like we do. And also, there's a bit of drama between heated rivals that we'll get to in a moment. But let's drive over there. And if our car isn't working, I know when my car's not working, I always check out Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the easiest place to go because when you go into a store, there's always those pointless and seemingly intimidating questions, or you have to wait behind the, while the person behind the counter just sits there on their computer and literally orders what you need, but only from one brand that they carry in their warehouse. Why not expand your horizons? You have computers. You can access rockauto.com. So just go there right now. Save time and money. Spend less. And support a family business. They've been doing it for 20 plus years. Their prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low. And the same for do-it-yourselfers or professionals. All we ask is that you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You'll be glad you did. And when you're checking out, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com all right so the eastern conference edition continues of locked on nhl i'm ross levitan from the locked on senators podcast alongside mike DeStefano from locked on leafs speaking of senators ross uh have you forgiven or will you forgive brendan gallagher for his comments on Timmy Stutzla almost accusing him of faking being injured only to have to actually end up missing some time with a said knee injury. And he wasn't just laying on the ice as he was being accused of. Yeah. So this story is kind of still in the cycle because Tim Stutzla had his first media appearance after the Senators game on Saturday night. He hadn't spoken since then. Of course, Gallagher probably still had his lower body equipment on that stream for his post-game presser after the loss to Ottawa on Wednesday was instantaneous. I think he just put his hat on, took his bucket off, and away he went. Now, it was it was pretty like scathing review of, of the 20-year-old kid saying every time he plays against him, he's always on his back, always faking injuries, he said, embellishment, and, and so on and so forth. Now, the situation was he takes a knee-on-knee from Nick Suzuki behind the net, 
He goes down. Now, I think where people are getting, and of course, people run with the narrative. He was, of course, checking to see if his knee was all right. Maybe the second most dangerous play in hockey after the suicide pass, a knee-on-knee collision. Checks it out as the trainer. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but if that's Nick Suzuki lay on the ice, the trainer is auto-eject off the bench. He's getting there as fast as he can, seeing one of your star players, any of your players. It's not like they have favorites. They're just there to make sure everyone's all right. But So he books it. And while he's at the hash marks, Timmy's already starting to get up and, and under his own strength. So there is a rule saying that if you have to be attended to by a trainer, you have to miss the next shift. You can't stay out there. Timmy got up and he said as he was skating by, like he was doing a little test, the Montreal bench was chirping him saying, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So Timmy says, I want to prove to them I'll be fine. So he goes out there and stays on the power play. There's like 30 seconds left in the period. He comes back after. They end up scoring on the third period power play. Go in. Gallagher has his statements. And then as swelling does, it, flames up after the game and he misses the next two. So I thought that what really upset me more, Mike, he was the takes that were coming out ridiculing a 20 year old for being a diver when he literally was on the receiving end of a knee to knee. We talk about victim shaming here. Like I thought that it was absolutely ridiculous that people are questioning the guy's character as he's sitting there with ice packs on his knees, missing two NHL games. Ridiculous. And when it comes from Brendan Gallagher, who it doesn't take long to find a, a cheap shot here or there, what a couple sucker punches here or there, including one against Ottawa. So you say I haven't forgot forgiven Brendan Gallagher. I haven't forgiven him since the 2013 playoffs, really, if we're going to go back that far. That's what's great with the rivalry. And I'm actually glad from that standpoint that he said something because let's get some fire going. Like that 2013 Sens Habs playoff series was so much fun because there was the war of words between like Paul McClain and Brandon Prust and Colby Armstrong. And it was just amazing theater. So from that standpoint, it's cool. But then when national hosts are getting on Timmy, calling him an embarrassment, like the athletic said, it just, and then you hear Timmy talk. I would just want to put those two statements, what Gallagher said with the whole dramatic, when I was 10 years old, and then what Timmy said, and tell me who's 20 and who's 30. Because the maturity level was just completely uneven in that. But you know what? Whatever. He's playing, he's back, he's healthy, and he's been a point per game player over the last 20. So he's really kind of coming into his own at the NHL level. Well, there you go. And, and that's sometimes the, the, a problem with like today's, you know, the landscape of really not just media, but how the world is like everyone wants to be first, not right. So they run with the first little bit of information that they get. And, you know, you're running with the only the information that you receive out of Brendan Gallagher. And that's kind of the way that you, you got to take it. You didn't hear from Stutzley yet. And by the time you do, it's a little too late. So you kind of got to just go with what Gallagher said as if it is fact. And then sometimes it bites in the ass a little bit uh, on the other side, such as, you know, what we've seen here, obviously, with Stutzla missing a, a couple of games. But good to go now. He's back for kind of the final stretch run here for, for the Ottawa Senators. But, you know, the Sens don't got much to play with here when, when it, or play for, I suppose, in the last little bit. They'll be looking to grab points off of teams or maybe try and flame out. Actually, we, we've officially drastic. signaled. We've officially signaled hashtag tank watch with 10 yeah. games remaining. And uh, out of those 10 games, Mikey, eight of them are against teams below them in the standing. So it really is going to be a, a wild shuffle here, but not a rise or a faller, at least this week for me, Ottawa kind of just standing pat being what they are winning yeah. rivalry games and then losing the other ones as well. They got pumped by the New York Rangers on Saturday night. Uh, again, I picked two out of three of my guys from the trade deadline with the Rangers in our little thing. And, they're still going strong. The Rangers looking real good here. Who is your riser, though, from this past week 
on the Locked On NHL Power Rankings. Do you have last week's uh, queued up there by chance? Um, I will. I will in a moment. All right. Um, Because I'm pretty sure, like, Toronto wasn't in the biggest position. I think they've been stagnant for the last little bit. I'm ready to move Toronto up a couple of spots here. I think the Maple Leafs deserve to get up into the top five for me. I think they get back into the top five. They're one of the playing some elite, elite hockey since the deadline. They're eight, one and one. Um, you know, they're scoring goals at, at a, a ridiculous pace and the goaltending has been sufficient enough, but the defending has been much better, not just from the defense, but they're buying in all around. So yeah. So the Maple Leafs currently ninth, they were ninth last week. Let's get these guys up. Come on. At least to six. I think they leapfrog the Bruins and the Lightning for sure. Probably even the Penguins because I'm. It, we're not getting to the Fallers. But I think the Penguins are a team that's going to take a, a little tumble down the power rankings here for myself. So for me, if I'm picking a riser and a faller, Leafs, get up there. Penguins, you can take a bit of a, take a, bit of a lap. And, I mean, the Lightning too. Lightning have not played good hockey as of late i'm not worried about them come playoff time they'll figure it out but uh, they have not played terrific hockey over the last couple of weeks here yeah i think that's super fair i'm on the same wagon as you in terms of jumping over the bruins and lightning but it's for me the new york rangers who had another perfect week three wins only gave up two goals in those three wins now say what you want it was against new jersey Pittsburgh and Ottawa, but that Pittsburgh game, they got out shot 30 to 24. Shesterkin was unbelievable. He waves the Pittsburgh Penguins off the ice after it. That's the kind of theater that we need in the playoffs. I know I said Boston Rangers in the first round, but give me Pittsburgh against the Rangers in round two. I think that would be phenomenal divisional matchup. So uh, I love that they won that game. They obviously, I said, pumped Ottawa and say what you want. That's an easy game to dominate on home ice on a Saturday night. Easy to get up for that one, but I got my Ranger pom-poms behind me as I have since I laid that money at bet online, but they're just impressing me over and over again. They dropped one spot last time. I'm with you. I think the Leafs probably jumped the Rangers as well. Great week for them. Credit where it's due, but yeah, I'm probably going Leafs six Rangers seven and then Tampa Boston. However you want those two teams. I wouldn't really argue either way. Yeah, what about the Caps? What do you do with the Caps? You think this is a team that might be moving back, creeping into the top 10 here after rattling up three straight wins after a players-only meeting? Ooh, got to love a players-only meeting. And yeah, yeah, I'd say they deserve to have one after a pair of getting dummied on home ice. 6-1 to Carolina and then 5-1 to Minnesota. But yeah, they've smartened up since then, right? They beat Tampa at Pittsburgh, home to Boston. So those are all teams that are above them where they are here. However, ah, I don't know. Like I like them at 12. Like, yeah, they got three wins, but that's that's the fraud team here in the East. And maybe it's stupid to say that because they're the last of all the playoff teams, but I don't even see them really having much of an opportunity. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure that uh, that audio could be played later on if they win a round or two. But for me, it's not uh, it's not a team I would move into the top 10 right now because who are they going to jump? Minnesota just beat them 5-1 this week or last week. So um, I, I'm having trouble finding a faller. Like, it might even have to just be the Detroit Red Wings, who I've been on a free fall. I'm actually surprised they only dropped one spot last week and stayed ahead of Ottawa, who Ottawa beat 5-2 twice in, in, that, in that week of, uh, of April 1st to April 7th. So, um, yeah, I'll have the Red Wings as my faller. Um, I think the Sabres have been playing better hockey of late as well, and now they get that added pump of getting their first overall pick. 
into the lineup. So yeah, I think my follower, I'm going to go to the other side of the bracket here to the duds in, in the Atlantic specifically and say the, the Red Wings could fall, fall a few spots. Yeah. I, it's probably a, a, a pretty good option there as well. I didn't even like the Pittsburgh Penguins only won three of their last 10 games. Wow. Yeah. So That's they're, they're a team for sure that I think is, is uh, hitting the skid at the wrong time. Yeah. At the wrong time of the year. It's not when you want to start losing games. And they've now got uh, Washington right on their heels, man. I mean, Washington rattles off a couple more wins. If they keep going at the rate that they're in, they've won three in a row. Keep her going. I mean, and do they play each other? They probably do. I've like, got Washington's schedule up right here. Who are, you, who are you asking about? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Nope. They just played their last game against Pittsburgh on, uh, okay. on the ninth. It was a 6-3 win for Washington. Okay. But they're a team that could be chasing them. Pittsburgh could end up in the crossover and have to go and and, and play Florida. Last game oh, of the year for them is at New York Rangers. Maybe there'll be some implications of of standings movement in that. Could be, could be. But the Rangers are the Penguins to be number four when they've only won three of their last ten games. Don't think I could stand for that. No, no chance. Well, anyways, Mikey, it's going to be a fun week here. We're going to go into the Easter long weekend, and when we're back next Tuesday, we're going to be coming off an actual. Battle of Ontario next Saturday in Ottawa. So that'll be fun to break down with you. The playoff picture, will it be clearer by then? I don't think so. What about you? Probably not. I think this is something (laughs) that will definitely be taking all the way down to the final night of the season. I mean, the Leafs and Bruins play on the final night of the year. Could home ice be up for grabs in that specific, like that very game? Could be. Could be. All those questions will be answered over the course of the next couple weeks. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every weekday on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get local experts on the biggest stories and then make another Locked On NHL podcast your second listen of the day. As we said, Mikey DeStefano with Locked On Leafs, they're working on the Austin Matthews record barrage as he's continuing to dominate. And for us here on Locked On Senders, it's more looking ahead to the 2022 draft, which we'll do with Craig Button. On Friday. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll chat next week for Mikey DeStefano. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On NHL Podcast, your team every day.